I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, everybody. This is Artie's Hey Fam. Enjoy your morning. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam. My name is Levins. My name is Angus. And we are back in our old stomping ground of the sports bar. That's right. We Like we said last time, we bought the sports bar. We made it. But thank you for your generous donations. We were able to afford a multi-million dollar sports bar complex in we the heart it of down. the city. We knocked it down. And then then built- we got the original plans. We built it brick by brick. And it was closed and we weren't making any money. So now we've actually decided to reopen it and we're probably talking of selling it again to the original owners. In fact, that's what we plan to do by the end of this episode. Absolutely. If they don't kick us out, that is. Also in this episode, we're going to be discussing, um, I know everyone's seen Black Panther. They can't wait for us to talk about our thoughts on Black Panther. Mm. Instead, Unless uh, unless you're a racist. (laughs) um, Our two racist fans are very upset. Yeah. uh, but you know, instead of giving you a uh, an action blockbuster episode, we're giving you a uh, an intense look at one of uh, Hollywood's <laughs> biggest uh, auteurs, yeah. one of the first cinematic universes, the Paul Thomas Anderson verse, um, the, the yeah the PTU. We uh, we've both seen um, PT Anderson's most recent movie, Star uh, Wars Episode One: The Phantom Thread, or Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Thread. Yeah, we can do this for minutes. <laughs> or that. The Fa- Phantom Thread, starring Billy Zane. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Phantom Thread is the latest latest movie by uh, director PT Anderson, which he wrote as well. Yeah. Um, he's previously uh, you know be- best known for his movies like Boogie Nights, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Um, and we're going to today review his latest. Would and you also say he is uh, an auteur. <laughs> I already did. Now, I want to put this disclaimer at the front rather than halfway through the episode. This is not... If you're looking for the, um, the Paul film rankings Anderson. of Paul W.S. Anderson, director of the Resident Evil franchise and uh, Alien vs. Predator, uh, Drift... Uh, what else is he on? Dead or Alive, the, 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 like, the, the volleyball tick That game. one where Dev- David Foley gets his dick out? Yeah. We're not doing that. That's no, next that's episode. That, that's next episode. That's, that's our new spin-off podcast. <laughs> Called Paul W.S. Anderson. Check. Check. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just know I'd be disappointed because I don't think... I dare say we're not the first podcast to do a PTA ranking, but we would definitely be the first podcast to do a PWSA. Uh, it's called PSA. This is the Paul W.S.A. Anderson podcast. That's great. Yeah. Good um, ring to it. We're going to try and rank all of his movies uh, from worst to best. We've um, done this before. We've done it with... Tarantini's. Tarantini's. We've done it with Pixarinos. Yep. Have we done it with MCUDs? In a way, we have. In a I way, I think we did when Homecoming came out. 
Okay, maybe we have. We might have done a like not as. I don't think we've done an official ranking. Not as an in-depth way. There's like fucking twenty of them now. That's crazy. Yeah, um, um, they're like gremlins. By the time you you know you you fuck them in the night, there's more. That's <laughs> how it works. <laughs> it's the gremlins. Um, we, I would like to do Wes Anderson movies before um, Isle of Dogs comes out later this year. It, it makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. That fu- Wes Anderson also not who we're doing today. Another author that oh, got bigger so than the nineties. Um, the Anderson like. Wes Anderson and PTA have a lot in common. Basically, use the same actors all the time. Uh, very, you know, deliberate films. Uh, easy to pick for the visual styles of. Mm. Um, yeah, plenty into, of that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be talking about Marys Miller Jovovich. No, that's Paul W. S. Anderson. I've got to, i got to stop getting them mixed up. Uh, hopefully, by the end of the episode, we will. Uh, before we get there, before we even start talking about these movies, though, Angus. Uh, You've been playing. You've been, you've been playing a little game. I've been getting. I've been looking at my jeans, and I'm saying they're looking a little too neat. I've been getting out the scissors. I've been scuffing them up. I'm getting indie, baby. <laughs> I'm starting well, to. Where the fuck is he going with this? <laughs> I've subscribed to the NME. I. <laughs> I am at Red Eye Music every morning as the door opens, coming and going. I want the newest music. <laughs> you can hear Angus coming from a mile away because of all of the badge pins that yeah. he has, just head to toe. Airports hate him. <laughs> uh, this is pre-9-11 though, so it's fine. I'm allowed to get on the flights. <laughs> uh, that, that was when I was at my most indie too. Yeah, it was pre-9-11. Indie, in, the day indie died was when the towers fell. It's commonly known as that. But indie games... On the other hand... They, they're, they're thriving, Angus. And, there's many uh, towers now. And I've had to... Uh, Take a chill pill on those indie games. You've had to start going to the uh, the multiplexes again and start seeing nothing but movies starring The Rock. While I'm uh, dropped out of school, no, while I've dropped out of work and just gone to film school all over again. And except know, it's games. Except it's games. So yeah, everyone who uh, listens regularly will know that um, I love to chew Angus's ear off about indie games that he hasn't and probably never will play. Um, but getting uh, to playing. Getting some, I, I, yeah. in, in your head, you're like... I, I had a blockbuster year, baby. Yeah, yeah, you know, you last year, was, all I did was... I didn't drink Pepsi. I was drinking Coca-Cola. <laughs> you know? Pepsi is the indie Coke? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. the indie Coke. Now I'm on LA Ice right now. This is, this is big. You know, last year I was watching the Star Wars movies. I was playing those AAA titles. It's just... This is my indie year. I'm getting back to my roots. What, RC Cola. Remember that one? RC Cola. That's... That's when I'm going next year, which is my um, crowdfunding year. That's when you go like, oh, throwback guys, I'm only drinking RC now. Yeah, throwback. No, that's when you're Today's getting like... music isn't as good as it used to be. That's when I'm getting like state-centric, you know, when like some drinks are only available in some states. What is Dr. Pepper? How does this fit into the uh, indie versus blockbuster? It's uh, DP. It's Dr. Pepper flavor, silly. I don't know. What about you? Where do you think Dr. Pepper fits? I love Dr. Pepper. It's not indie. It's bigger than indie. Is it? It's a standalone. I mean, it's bigger than it's, you know it's what? not as big as Pepsi. You know what you it is? Pepsi's indie. While the DCEU's going on, it's the new Joker movie. It's that weird standalone one. That's right, so like yeah, it's, it's a Martin Scorsese yeah, directed Yeah, it's a Martin Scorsese cola. hangover Joker movie. That's <laughs> what it is. It's standalone. And it's kind of like, is it, there's pedigree yeah, involved. Yeah, because no one goes, I want a cola and no. drinks a Dr. Pepper. It's no. like, no, I just want this specifically weird taste yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. Okay. You never go, I want a Jared Leto Joker film. You go... Well, we worked it out, guys. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Uh, And thanks for our sponsor. My rankings were Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident (laughs) Evil 2, um, Resident Evil 1 at number 6, which is kind of controversial. People normally... No, it's not that. You're actually consulting notes. Did you plan this gag already? Yeah, no. These are like my rankings. I've been working on them since last night. This book is just rankings. Of of PWS Anderson. Look how indie I'm getting. Normally, I use my phone. This is like a notepad with a pen. 
Yeah, wow. Uh, purchased from Muji, both of them. Look at this. The pen slots in the side there and it's perfect. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful notepad. It's and Japanese engineering. A great way to see segue into Seg. our beautiful, Seg. a beautiful game. Uh, Sud Knight. <laughs> Sieg Knight, my favorite. Sieg Knight, my favorite. <laughs> rap um, manager, rap record manager, label. abuser. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Killer? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, did, did he get hit by a car or did he hit someone with a car? He, he hit someone with a car. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, Was it purposeful though? Can we talk about Celeste, I guess? <laughs> yeah, let's, st let's stop talking about Molest <laughs> and let's start talking about Celeste. That's great. That's a great bit. Um, so Celeste is a game that came out uh, at the start of the year mm. um, and it was... Uh, Multi-platform. Yeah, ev available everywhere. You can. However... You don't even need to have a Steam account to get it on a laptop. You can just get a Mac. You version. just get it. You go to CelesteMountain.org, maybe. Um, we dot got .gov, because it's probably a government... Uh, what about Celeste.Mountain? You know you have anything as the dot. It's true. Now. Porn's XXX, I think. Really? Mm. I wouldn't know. I've never looked at it. I've Except Tugrads. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my Tugrat, day oneers. Um, so, yeah, Celeste, we, we got it on Switch. Um, I burned through it. Four days after it. Very easy to do. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like a 10-hour game, I guess. If you Yeah. Been, probably less. If you you do it, have you done the B-sides? No, but I got most of the strawberries. How many are there in total? Oh, it tells you. 120, and I got like 70, 80 of them. I've got two more worlds to go, and I'm on like 60, 40. Maybe there's 180 of them. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm kind of at that point now where I'm like, I'm not in it for the strawberries. So when I last tried to talk about it on the show, um, you were... Stressed that I was maybe explaining the game too well for you I was to the on point the where you wouldn't want to when, play um, it. Obi Wan gives Luke his uh, dad's lightsaber, and three PO says, "If you don't mind, sir, I'll switch off now." <laughs> just because he would have spoiled the whole movie. Right. I was on the verge of just shutting down and letting you talk, so I didn't like ruin the next three movies. But you know, I, I never really go into spoilers when I talk no, about no, what, no, what no, makes no. a game tick. Um, ha having endured my uh, lengthy description of the game, mm. did I spoil it at all for you? No, not at yeah, all. Because there's a lot to love about this. Uh, it's you know, it's a kind of it's a 16-bit platformer that's you 16 know 16 come 8 bit like it's 16 it, come comes on 8 yeah it, it's um, kind of a mix between the two like I'd say it's not as 16 bit like that's more an Owlboy sure. art style it's kind of I like I started playing today yeah I, I, let's talk about that later I'm, I'm gonna start it when I finish Celeste which is probably tonight yeah uh, but yeah it's, it's, it's a beautiful game it's made by Matt Makes Games uh, who's previously done like Towerfall. Towerfall Ascension have you played that? no but they're all coming to Switch very soon yeah great in fact Towerfall was announced for Switch um, ages ago, it's like one of the few games that was announced. Before Celeste, that, wasn't it? Yeah, like, like like in that first glut of uh, mm. that first Nindy showcase. And it's and one Celeste of the few games a, that hasn't come. A, a surprise announced at the last Nindy. Well, because uh, he was, he had already been working on Celeste and was like, well, it will take me more time to help port Towerfall. And it's so, multiplayer as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we maybe get, it's because we got Celeste that. first. Great game though. So yeah, um, and the immediately pick up like before we before I even sign off on this one, pick it up now. If you've got a Switch, or if you've got a PS4, if you've got a Mac, whatever, buy it. Walkman. If you've got a Walkman, if you've got a Casio calculator watch, you're a fucking nerd, but also mad respect. I'm indie too. <laughs> it's very indie. I could see members of the Strokes in the early 2000s probably with Casio watches. Yeah, they, they, they had like um, song, like their, their keyboard sounds kind of totally. sound like, sound like a, a yeah. little, little Casio. Yeah. 12.51. It wasn't a uh, fun fact. It was actually a guitar, which was toned to sound like that. A calculator. I'm indie. I know this. <laughs> I'm indie. How do I know this? They, because I'm indie. He put his guitar pick down, picked up a calculator. I threw out my decks. <laughs> I threw. I, I kicked out my human beatboxer who was uh, living with me for the last year, and I said, "I'm getting that guitar back, and I'm learning all my chords." <laughs> where and I'm did, indie. And where's Tom Thumb living now? He. Uh, well, where, did, where does Tom Thumb with like the garden or something? How's that little child's poem go? What? Tom Thumb. It's like a story. No, right? isn't, isn't there a beatboxer called oh, Tom yeah, Thumb? Oh yeah, but I was like referencing the fairy tale too. Yeah. 
I'm lost. Why is it called Tom Thumb? They this podcast is is impenetrable to a new listener, Angus. It's the it's the sports bar. It's overstimulated. There's 40 screens here. Um, but yeah, what's great about Celeste is this. Like, I think it's one of the most successful marriages of storytelling and gameplay that I've ever experienced. Like, so frequently, especially in like blockbuster games. Like that was like, I know everyone says how great the story in Horizon is, but its presentation, that you know, watching a cutscene, I just find so like alienating from. It's not immersive. You, you'll 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 be playing this really really immersive part of gameplay, and then suddenly you're just what watching. game are you talking? Horizon. Hor- like you know, just like the, yeah, or like any classic style A triple A game. Your sure. Assassin's Creeds, even your Naughty yeah. Dog games. Like okay, I, I mean, I would argue that. Uncharted 4. I'd say the Uncharted games are like, and the Last of Us, like Naughty Dog are probably at the best where it's a, it's not a re, like it's well written and well acted, which I think makes a world of difference. Whereas these other cutscenes, they're not like treated as, say, seriously as like a film or like a high production TV show. They're not actors, they're not screenwriters, so they're they're, they're poor. Whereas I think Naughty Dog works because they use like, they're well written and well acted. Yeah. But I do do know what you mean. It does break with the intimacy. And you'll be in the middle of something, you'll be in the vibe, but then there'll be this like stagnant, usually just a two set up shot between your head and my head. That's what Horizon does really well. Like, we'll just do a boring back and forth conversation cutscene. Yeah. Mm. And I I don't really like listening to dialogue. I much prefer reading it, Mm. which is kind of, and Celeste does that with the, um, the Banjo Kazooie esque when someone talks. And the whole thing is like, you know, the mountain is a metaphor for um, this girl, Madeline. Like it's, what, what would you say it's a metaphor for? Like, to, uh, maybe just like self anxiety, um, self resp- like almost like loving yourself. <laughs> totally. And also like the anxiety that comes with growing up yeah. and taking responsibility, responsibility of yourself. Yeah. It reminds me of um, like if Brian Lee O'Malley, author of Scott Pilgrim, made a video game. Well, it reminds me of a lot of seconds. Reminds me of a lot of. That's what I was about yeah. to say. Like he, he always it's uses a great book. I haven't thought of that. Seconds in a while. is awesome. Yeah. It, it always, he always is a big fan of using like physical representations. Actually, reminds me of Scott Pilgrim too, with the evil version of him. Yeah, the different stuff like Nega that. Scott. And even though it's all about um, inner turmoil, he's really great at physically showing inner turmoil with like X. You know, we all, that thing when you're young and you're dating somebody and you realize they have a past and. You know, what better way to visualize that than with like Street Fighter esque fighting with the phys- with the ex boyfriends? Like, yeah, it reminds me of that where a lot of these inner wins and inner struggles are all physically there. Like, mi- very obvious too. Like a mirror for when it's yourself. Yeah, it's just it's so well made. So you're yeah you're you're in a in a level in which you kind of uh, fight the dark side of yourself. Yeah. Um, and that the final part of that the boss battle part of that level is my favorite part of the game. What world's that? World six. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. up to now. Yeah. Reflection. I think that it's called reflection. I think yeah. so. Yeah, sure. And then, but the whole thing is wonderful. The, the soundtrack um, is just soundtrack is amazing. Ferociously good. Yeah. Um, we're and it's um, <coughs> which is it, it is uh, I don't know that it's environmentally reactive as well. So if you go in some water, you get the lovely muted versions. You know what I mean? It's yep. like it's it's it's, Yo, so it's, it's oh yeah totally. It's we're like a Nintendo joint. Definitely. Like the level of care with uh, how the score is handled. Absolutely. The gameplay is incredible too. Like man. If it looked shit and if the sound was bad, I'd still be lacking this game a lot. I mean, it's all of it's a full package, but the gameplay is just brilliant. Yeah, there's not one bad thing about no, this game. The instant, it, like you die and you just straight back again. Like exactly. it's just you, it's punishing, but you never you're ever never feel frustrated drained by it. No, like, it's all, beautiful. I, towards the very very end, there were a few moments where I was just like, "There's no way I can do this. I'm too tired." I'm, and I almost quit. I wouldn't say it's a rage quit, but I, but then I just kept pushing through and I ended up. finishing Sometimes it. you got to look at that Tyler the Creator. Um, Cyberbully tweet and just walk away. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to walk away. 
But I'm finding it is a time suck, and I don't mean in a negative sense. I mean in a, uh, you know, uh, honey, I'm going to make dinner. Cool, cool. I'm just going to pick up this for a minute. And then two hours later, I'm like, oh, fuck, I've just played Celeste for ages. Like, it's such a great time suck. Did you eat dinner? I don't eat. <laughs> I'm indie. <laughs> I'm too poor to eat now. She, she collects strawberries and that's your food. I put it all in the band. You know, I'm getting all this money now. I'm not eating. I'm just going towards my new amplifier. <laughs> I got a gig at, uh, um, at, uh, 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 the Hopeton. Oh, great. <laughs> so it's all good. I've got a gig. I've got a, got a 5 p.m. slot next Sunday. Um, so this has been getting five-star reviews almost across the board, and I think it's definitely, uh, it's definitely earned that. Um, yeah. f- for me, I'll be very surprised if a game... I don't, like maybe, I mean, this is just an extremely me kind of game because like I, I've, I've finished the main part of the story and then I know I have the B-sides and then the C-sides to go back and do, which so I find will the at some point. So the B-sides, you, what, what you'll do while you're playing a main level, you'll find a little cassette and that unlocks the B-side, which I think is what extremely hard version yeah, of Yeah, harder level. kind of remix versions of the challenges. And now within doing. those challenges, there's now C-sides to be found. Which is even more challenging. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. But, it, you know, the fact that there's already an update a week after this game's basically come out, that's pretty promising. It's so awesome. Um, I'm, uh, I have a feeling this will be on my end of year list. I, yeah, I, like I was saying, I, I would be... I'd be like stoked if a, if a game that comes it would out. Take that five other Lego Dimensions games for you not to have this in your list, right? As far Where as were they on my best of list last <laughs> year, Angus? We don't do games that are. We don't do. Um, what do they call it? Deadware. Service. Deadware. When something's like stop being made. Toys to life or yeah. die. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely pick up Celeste. It's. It's. I would be very surprised if I like a game more than this this year. And to, to have Fucking this already. Hell, that's in so hardcore. Well, I just I don't know what 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 else is coming that Nintendo were gonna like. Uh, let alone other games like <laughs> Spider-Man, all these good things that are coming. Spider-Man we, would be better than Celeste. We don't know what's coming. Nintendo no. are the masters of dropping a bomb. Nintendo Labo, you reckon that'll be better than Celeste? No. <laughs> um, I don't. Red Dead Redemption 2. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean... I, I wish this was a predictions episode and I wish you'd said that. Maybe I'll, we, we can count Should it. Should we retroactively we, we, put we it in remember. I might write it in my notepad. Celeste will be my favorite game of the year. Fuck, it's so big. Yeah. Um, go, go January, you good thing. So look, we're going to talk about Owlboy next time we're talking about indie games. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, that came, what, 10 years in the making? 11 years in the making. I've, I wasn't, I've, I've only really been following it the last like three or four. But I, it I, started I, development in 2007 <coughs> for the Wii. Right, another game that I bought on Steam and never played and then bought again oh, did on, you? on the Switch. Did you? What else was that? Um, so, Hollow Knight I've also bought on, yeah, on right. Steam and then played like two minutes off and being like I hate playing games on my computer it's so hard and, I mean, then, and then another game will come up and be like maybe this is the game that makes me like playing games on my laptop no, no I just can't do it yep. I'm too busy looking at um, guitar tabs <laughs> like my laptop's a straight up indie music machine you know? what about Guitar Hero could you play Guitar Hero on your computer uh, it's not indie I w- they would, my music would never get on there Sitar Hero now we're talking um, how about just a little quick check in you've been Guitar you're quite into Monster World Oh, yeah, I've sold it now. I hate it. Whoa. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Tell me. Remember I kept telling you I was on the verge of either liking it or hating it? Remember yeah. I said there was a tipping Pers- point? You started telling me po- personally, not on the show. So when, when, yeah. last time I told you on the show, you were like, you, you, like I, I was almost... I was like an hour into it. No, two hours into it. And I was like, it's great. You're going around hunting monsters. And I'd done that perhaps three times. Now, people who love Monster Hunter right now are going to be tearing their hair out and going, it's more than that, but... It probably is. Can't spell unsubscribe without you. Yeah, exactly. So listen up. Can't spell indie without IE. So IE, <laughs> I don't like the game. Uh, the game's great. It, you know, it's one of those not for me. So if this was a dating site, if this was eHarmony and it said kids, I'd say love them, but not for me. This is a game where there was not a lot of hand-holding. That's not my problem. It wasn't... Um, 
it wasn't for newcomers of the game, mm-hmm. despite the what we may have thought about it being like the first non-handheld version in a while. And it's shaping up to be Capcom's biggest selling game. 100% it is. Yeah. so wild. So it's, it is, people, it's a game of boss fights. People that like multiplayer gaming in particular, I think are fucking loving this. So multiplayer, I played occasionally. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing it that often. It's a cycle. So you fight a monster, which usually takes anywhere between 10 to 50 minutes. So it's not a pick up and play type of situation. You lock in. Uh, you finish, then you, you know, make your weapon slightly better. You make your armor slightly better. Eat food, then repeat the cycle, and that's kind of the game. Yep. But yeah. No, look, it sounds, and that's fine. That's fine. But it sounds me, cool. But yeah, I, I, I watched that uh, video game donkey video of it, which he, you know, he, hey, he, he was we like, call him donkey around here. But he liked, uh, you know, liked and hated it, loved and hated it at the same time. It's, you know, and it's one of those games where it's even the animations of some of the actions you do are the things that kill you. Yeah, which I just, I just I know some people love that about the Souls games and stuff, but I just can't. I'm so used to a responsive character now, especially after yeah. um, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. I'm used to like as soon as I hit a button, it, it, the character reacting. You know what I mean? And being able to cancel out that reaction by moving the stick the other way or something. Yeah. This is like you you smack a potion, you stop, you stand still, you pull off the, you do this big thing, and it's just kind of like you'll get killed. I like grinding, but I like it to be more of a more traditional Japanese RPG, there was a RPG lot or action to like. RPG to grind on. The world yeah. was really cool. It looked great. The the, 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 the uh, Palico was amazing. The little, little cat cats. buddy. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't for me. And same as the Souls games haven't been for me. Like I, I also understand that these are great games and I can see why. But at the moment, I'm loving Celeste. I'm loving to pick up and play challenging but also like I don't need to lock into a 50 minute contract with it to complete a level yeah and I like I love the idea of you know this being like Monster Hunter being like you know you just uh, just tracking down the next enormous boss and taking him down but I would prefer to get that out of something like Shadow of the Colossus or Fury which I've been playing a lot of lately too I'm glad it's big I think it's like kind of been a fringe title outside of Japan for a long time so I'm just I'm pumped that a game like this yeah yeah, I'm pumped that it's really like going so well it is a game that I reckon I would pay a lot more attention to if it was on the Switch just because... Mm-hmm. Like, well, I think, traditionally, they've been handheld yeah, games totally. for the last, like, so many iterations. Because this relies on online so much, I guess. I don't know. I just don't have the time to, like, fully engage with it as much as I'd like. And I'm not loving it as much as, say, a, a game like a Metal Gear where I've lost myself in it so much. You it's, gotta lose yourself. It's just... It's just... Uh, it's not for me, but I can appreciate it. But I've sold it. I just, you know... Uh, strike while the iron's hot. People want to buy this game. Great. How much did you get back on a, on your investment? Well, it's still selling now, but up right now it's uh, I've got a few more days to go of the bid. Oh, you're putting it on eBay? Yeah. It's currently... Um, it's pretty good, actually. It's like only... Including shipping, only $8 under the price I actually paid for it. So, it might even go for more because I think it's sold out a lot. That's great. Everywhere. Yeah. Congratulations. So... You played yourself. You won't hear a good review of uh, Monster Hunter here, but you'll get some great financial e-commerce tips. Yeah, great. Yeah. eBay. Still, We still use it. Don't use Gumtree. They come to your house. It's weird. It's real weird. It's a real, real hassle. If you're giving away something free, they try and get something more out of you. I had someone come and meet me out the front of work once when I sold something with security with me. I sold an iPhone for like 900 bucks and I made this kid. <laughs> like walked. He was in the same street. It was really weird. <laughs> and like come down and meet me. And then I just came out with my bullies, the uh, security guards. I'm like, cool. Now let's do this. That's the only way I'll do it. What about with this game? Oh, and it's eBay. eBay. eBay I post shipping. It. It's fine. Okay, cool. I get it. Like I post it. Cool. Uh, well, now you know everything about Angus's, uh, you know, online sales methods. I'm like Tony Stark in the MC. I won't touch. I, like, I don't want anything handed to me. I will send it to you. Um, except for the, the, the a photo of a dead child, like in Civil War. That's all I will look at. And then I will sign the Sokovia Accords. 
Um, hey, speaking of movies, Angus, mm. uh, P.T. Anderson writes, directs, and produces them. He sure does. Sometimes he's even his own cinematographer, such as he is in the latest film for the first time, uh, Phantom Thread. So, right, this is the first film that he was he acted as There is no cinematographer credit, so he kind of split the duties with a... Another guy, it may have been like a lighting somebody, I forget, but That's yeah, because it is one of his most beautiful looking films. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's also an air of arrogance people could say about that, but I don't think in this case it's like, hey, this is an enormously arrogant movie. Oh, like, yeah, Daniel Day across Lewis. the board. I mean, it's just, it's you know, but yeah, uh, Phantom Thread, um, kind of dodged a Golden Globe nominate, wasn't doing crazy there, but got a, quite a lot of Academy Award so noms. Many Academy Award nominations, like, yeah, and. It is, you know, PTA is a very deliberate filmmaker. I think that's one of the ways... It's, it's like that level of Tarantino or Wes Anderson in the sense where everything about the product is so meticulously laboured over and it is now they've now gotten to a point where they don't have to... Base, like, the way I see it, and this is probably wrong, they're the type of filmmakers who can... They're the what? The type of filmmakers who will just give a title of a movie to a movie studio and they'll pay for it without reading a script knowing the cut you know what I mean Mm -hmm. they've reached that level of their career where they're kind of trusted at making a certain type of film which pleases a certain audience which yeah yeah and then they're kind of like you know he's absolutely an auteur like Like uh, to the nth degree more so than um Oh, oh, what's his name? Tarantino. No. Well, uh, no one says the N-word in these, which no, is no. fascinating. Um, <laughs> For me, as someone, I'm like, how can you be an auteur and not have an N-word? Also, I think there's like two black characters, like maybe three black characters across his entire oeuvre of, of films. Don Cheadle's not a character. He's a nice... <laughs> he's a person, Levins. It's, he, he makes extremely white movies, mm. almost exclusively. Almost. Um, and and uh, the uh, Phantom Thread may be the whitest of all. Um, it, it is uh, 100% getting the most uh, kind of traction because it's Daniel Day Lewis's uh, final performance. So he, he said says, this before on his fucking Twitter. He's always saying, <laughs> "Imagine it. Daniel Day Lewis on Twitter, <laughs> quitting Twitter and also acting, <laughs> then then forgetting to say, oh, 'Oh, I'm also quitting acting.' Um, and going private now, guys. <laughs> Sorry." <laughs> Just subtweeting like yeah, other actors. That's amazing. Like well, watching the Oscars and just like subtweeting people. Remember when Jay Z got Twitter? Did he still have <laughs> he didn't Twitter? know how to use it. Fuck, that was so funny. Yeah, it was like Dad's Gone Wild. <laughs> it was so good. It's like yeah, it, that was incredible. But because Daniel D. Lewis goes so method, I actually think he could be really, really good at Twitter because he'd spend five years before he'd buy Twitter. He would start his own. He would spend eight years in a garage coming up with a new tech conglomerate, go public, sell an IPO, then go. I'm ready for the role. And so, dear listener, all I knew about. Um, fan of Thread was that it was a P.T. Anderson was movie. Set movie. Before episode four, it was the first one. <laughs> I, all I knew was th- was that it was yeah, it was uh, P.T. Anderson's latest movie, and it featured Daniel Day Lewis's supposed final performance. That's all I knew going in, and I went and I sat down and um, was introduced to the world of uh, his name. His last name is Woodcock. Reginald. Reginald Wood- Woodcock. Woodcock, and um, he is a um, a famous uh, London-based uh, dress designer and maker yeah he's like a high-end uh you know he's like he's like a dior or he's like a he's like a brand name like he's you know he in this universe we're led to believe he's one of the finest thread makers in for sure and like and monarchy from all over europe come to him to to design what is it 194 it's post world war ii is it really yeah right i thought it was earlier but uh that's good to know i'd say post world war ii okay sure um and uh reynolds Reynolds, that's right. Reynolds Woodcock, Reynolds which Woodcock. they came up with as a joke. Really? Him and Daniel Day-Lewis worked, like, they developed the script together. Wow. It was completely collaborative. And I think it was one of those, I'm not going to do this project unless you're doing it with me scenario. And they spent years collaborating, spending time together, doing it over Skype, 
that they came up with the name Reynolds Woodcock as a joke because of how stupid and pompous it sounds. And it's one of those, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's made it to the film. So he plays this like, you know, obsessive, like basically like because of his, the creativity that he puts out through his dresses, everything else in his day-to-day life is just like, you know, like... Regimental. Absolutely. Like, he, he, you know, he, he has to have silence at breakfast. Eating breakfast at the same time, eating the same things. Things need to be prepared the Everything same. is in order. It's, Everyone does the right... The, he's the in control. He's exactly. in complete control. And it's kind of... The whole thing to me, and it's so obvious, I think, obvi- like, obviously this is like... what it, it's, it's that entire argument about how much do you let an artist get away with if they're a shitty person. It's that weird separation of art from the artist and do we look at an artist for their output and then stop and not look at them behind closed doors as we do now yeah. with Twitter. Like, you know, we see what people are really like. Jay-Z's fucking bad at Twitter. And like, let's not, should that, I don't know, should that let us affect the Blueprint 3? I Amazing. don't know. <laughs> the classic <laughs> that, album. That Luke Steele collaboration was terrible Fire. because Jay-Z was bad at Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's a whole criticism of, you know, the tortured artist and, a critique on it I saw like you know this. how far is someone willing to get away with and it is one of uh, P.T. Anderson's should I go on PTA can I, can I get on let's that let's that, decide that, that now before PTA. going for let's go PTA it's one of his like you know what, what's something that he's explored since his first movie pretty much but especially in the last few it's just a very very destructive male character and the way his actions mm. uh, affect everyone around him yeah it's somebody um, who I mean, Reynolds is an inch. He's like childish at times. He's also extremely dominating, but also wants to be dominated. Yeah. Like, there's this weird back and forth. And I, I, the way I saw it, the, him, his sister, and his uh, love interest, and it was almost like a power struggle triangle. Each one had something over the other, but each had, had that. But then that other person had something over them, and it was this weird back and yeah. forth of power play. Like he was in charge of the sister, but the sister knew how to control him and. He's same with his eventual wife, and I just I I went with three people. Two of us were like entranced by it. another person hated it, and I do find that's kind of what I'm hearing with yeah. a lot of general audiences. So we're not going to spoil the movie. No, um, I, I will let you know that when I walked out of the cinema, I was like, I knew that this is going to fall into the category of movies that I leave, and I'm like, like because the, the ending is like without giving it away is it's a very strange ending, maybe one of the weirdest endings. Uh, that, I found that PTA's it similar done. to some of his other endings, like, like, like especially There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I found it end on a note where I didn't see it coming and I was almost at one point <laughs> wanting to yell at the screen going, but look what that's doing, look what's happening. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I was like, oh, wait, no, no, it's the whole point. But, you know, you come to expect an almost explosively violent ending from PTA's movies and you get kind of that but it's it's the one of the, the more strange ways yeah. to end this what is like what is quite a simple and serious I reckon film. it's one of his most simple films too yeah. in terms of plot I mean I, I think we can and we're going to notice this when we go through the rankings um, Paul Thomas Fantasons is that what, gonna, it's PT Ankings are we going to call them Paul Thomas Fantasons is it. that what we are the fan, well, and cast. another one I like is we are Phantom Threadheads <laughs> if you're are you a Phantom Threadhead I we'll get now. to that in a moment uh, whether we like you liked it and I liked it but I think, especially going through these movies again, with this power ranking situation in mind, there are two camps of PTA films. There's the kind of epic plot, which is something that like a Boogie Nights would, I think, fall into. Well, yeah, and, jumps and through time. And crazy, kind he, of he almost released all, released all of them at once. Because when, when we get to that later, he, like, th- those movies are quite early yes. in his career. And then now that's kind of character studies where the plot takes a back seat like 100%. a traditional A to B three act structure but it's more about these meditative studies of a character 
Or one of them is is like the worst of both of those. Yes, I think I know which one yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But it also, weirdly, a celebration of Southern California stoner culture. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's um, insane. Yeah, anyway, um, so I, I walked out of this movie. Um, and I was like, even though I, I, you know, ended a bit like, hmm, okay, yeah, that's how it ended. Um, I think I enjoyed that. I did um, not see the ending coming at all. No, me neither. Yeah. Um, but as I was but walking out... But then again, out, it's like there's not, there's not a lot to see coming. Yeah. That when I was walking out, um, an older man, because um, I went and saw this at 10 a.m. With Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> on, a, on a Friday morning. And um, there were maybe like six other people in the cinema. Yeah. And um, they were all alone. Um, which is very, very fun. Shout out to my lonely boys. Um, but one, one man was, I would say, I would at least late 60s, early 70s. And he said, excuse me, like, I just need to know, what did you think of that? And I was like, well, I think, and I'm sure you'll feel the same way. Like, I'm not sure how I think about that ending. I I, I definitely enjoyed getting there. And now I think I'm going to sit with that. That ending is going to sit with me for a week, maybe even longer. It's a hard task being asked, how do you feel about a PTA movie the minute you walk out? Totally. Especially one like this. It's kind of like, I had to let it sink in for almost like 12 hours before I could resume talking about it with one of the people I saw it with. For sure. Um, and uh, he was just like, oh, can you believe that was Daniel Day-Lewis's last performance? He just I, he I threw can, his career in the bin. No, yeah, well, the, the moral I, I, of the story is don't talk to old people. They're the worst. But <laughs> You should have said, bro, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I know, but I, I, was, I was like, have you seen any of PTA's movies before? And he was like, oh, no. And I was like, so you've not seen There Will Be Blood? And I was like, well, look, if you didn't enjoy... This movie, you'll definitely enjoy that one because I feel like which there one? Will, there will be blood. Is almost oh, like a. I, I find them like almost like two halves of a whole. Sure, I can see that argument too, but I can also see like as far as uh, Daniel Day Lewis's performance. Yes, it, it is the opposite. It is so. I, I've heard this somewhere, but this is I th- I've heard this is in my this is in my own words. This is the first time we've actually probably seen someone closer to Daniel Day Lewis than he's ever played before. Right, you know what I mean. I've, I've not seen that many of his movies. I've seen Gangs he of New York. He hasn't been in that many films because he, he disappears into the role he when he doesn't. Becomes a fucking shoemaker, and then they have to dig him out. He's like, he's like um. Yeah, he's like this relic. Then he's like Indiana Jones or something. Every time there's a lost idol stolen or something, they call him up. You know, um, remember he was a shoemaker a bit before Gangs of New York started. That was the story, and Scorsese had to travel to Italy to find him like making shoes. Fuck, that's great. He's so great. Like normally, I find that stuff quite obnoxious, but I, do, I kind of just let Daniel Day Lewis get away with it. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, well, apparently, the, and again, completely unresearched and not confirmed. But he got so hey fam. he he hey fam. That's our that's our um, slogan. He was so taken aback by the copious amount of research he did dressmaking. He was studying with New York Ballet, making his own stuff. Like, he did years of research. He's now moving into clothes making. That's so insane. Just insane. <laughs> it's so good. I hope that's, I hope that's true. It would be great if... Um, I thought the score was great. I thought Johnny Greenwood killed it. Yeah, so he, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead has done the last... Since There Will Be Blood onwards. Since There Will Be Blood, yeah, he's yeah. done... Oh, he didn't do Inherent Vice, did he? He did some of, of the score in that. Because a lot of that's contemporary music, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Uh, period music, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah what, a, what a film. I, I mean, I, I like... Like I said, when I finished it, I didn't know what... I, I, I definitely enjoyed... Like, and it's a very did slow start, Did you laugh out loud too. a lot in it? There were some moments... But, it, you know, when you're in a cinema with, yeah. with a scarce amount of people, I'm, I'm, you're Mine more was reserved full. than usual. It was the opening night, and I think there was a couple of... Um, uh, Paul Thomas Fanderson's in the house yeah. but I found myself with this other person I went with he and I were just like laughing like some of the stuff that Reynolds says is just so absurdly terrible oh, yeah. and mean that I couldn't help but laugh and a lot it- of it's ad-libbed apparently that great scene where he's like uh, the, where he's like there's that great quote where he's like the tea has left the room but the annoyance is still here oh, just, that's brilliant just, that was he him on so the spot fucking hideous in that scene and when he's talking about like 
Some of the dialogue so great. He's having a discussion with... You don't even see it on camera. It's off camera. I think the focus is on his wife. And he's like, oh, it is a bit naughty to have cream with porridge, isn't it? Yes. I was, like, I was losing it. I'm like, this guy's amazing. I want to hang out with him. Um, I, I thought she... Um, what's the name of the actor who plays? Uh, yeah, his, she's his incredible. Lover. Like, imagine she's she's not been in a lot of films, but imagine like one of your probably the first time you're really on the world stage acting against, and I dare say holding your own, if not more so than Daniel Day Lewis. Well, just because you know she isn't playing to this enormous character that like he is, like you know it, that he Vicky Creeps. Crepes, crepes, crepes. Yeah, she's been in a. She's French. She's crepes. Yeah, it's crepes. Um, <laughs> That's the name of her. If acting doesn't work out, Vicky can always get in the crepe. No, no, didn't that PTA had to go find her. She was <laughs> gone in hiding as a crepe maker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, was PTA hiding us? How does Daniel Day Lewis find him? <laughs> what's the What's the connection between shoes and crepes? Mall, like you can get some shoes and also get crepes. Usually in like so, a mall. PTA is a mall, like mall cop, mall, a mall cop. Of <laughs> he course. just he was taken back by the Paul Blard series. He's like he wants to do a um Adam Sandler thing with Punch Drunk Love with Kevin James. I think I Amazing. see that happening down the line. I can, see, I can see him getting a performance out of Kevin. I James. see him getting a performance out of a like yeah anybody. So yeah, I mean like performance is is kind of the main reason you go see a PTA movie. It's, she's it's, seldom been in English films. Like she's totally starred in so many European films. Right. Would you say though that, that the main reason, the main attraction when it comes to uh, a PTA movie is, is the performances that he's able to get out of his cast? I'd say that he gets performances out of actors that the general public and actors probably didn't think they were capable of. You know what I mean? He is like, we've now almost come to expect, except for the, the, the exception of that role, I think, is um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who was always like incredible? Sure, I'm PTA sure, I'm, and obviously that. Daniel Day Lewis and Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, sure, but uh, he, one of his, you know, look what he did to John C. Riley. John C. Riley's career. I mean, yeah. you know, Mark Adam Wahlberg. Sandler, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tommy Cruise. Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, we're gonna now go through and rank Paul our movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, he's so good in the Obi Lot, isn't he? Yeah. Um, we're gonna go through and rank all of his movies. Oh, I just want to say, uh, great episode of DGA I'm always I'm always talking about that podcast Ryan Johnson interviewing Paul Thomas Anderson oh, about this fuck. film okay sold alright yeah get, it's great and away. Ryan Johnson's seen it so many times I knew that by following him on Twitter and he's a huge fan of the film and it's immediately after a screening and they chat about it with an audience and the movie uh, I saw this on the IMDB and he's, he says he speaks about it, like the movie came to him and this isn't a spoiler but this is I guess kind of very much in spirit of the film the idea arrived when so Paul Thomas Anderson's probably biggest fantasy is his wife, Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm. They've been married for quite some time. She's in uh, a few of his movies, in Inherent yeah. Vice. And is she... Is she in... Ma- uh, she, she might be in Magnolia as well. I no, think I maybe. Know. I'm yeah. not too sure right now. Uh, she, he was very ill to the point where he hasn't been that sick in such a long time. And she came to him and looked at him and was like, oh, you poor thing. And he said that... He loved it. Well, he said that she'd never, he hadn't seen a look at him like that in such a long time. It's like this weird love that kicks in when someone's at their absolute physical lowest. And then you take care of them. There's yeah. a care thing. And that's where the idea came from. This like power, like, and that weird where you kind of love that. And you, it's almost, what's that? That It's that thing where like somebody's sick. The mother usually makes the child sick. That thousands by proxy, what's it called? Uh, some it's Freudian bullshit. <laughs> where it's like you keep some, you, you make somebody sick. That usually happens in mothers. Mothers make children sick a lot and it's like lets them be a mother a lot. And right. like people being arrested for it, they'll like poison their child for the first 10 years of its life to keep it ill. But it, Mouthhausen, uh, again, no research. 
Um, Sounds like a good parenting um, model, though. Yeah, speaking of, Levens, here's a tip for you. I got my kids immunized this morning. I'm, I'm the opposite of whatever weird. Well, congratulations, bullshit. your kids are autistic. <laughs> you already texted me that. <laughs> it was a good joke, right? It was great. It was classic. Um, uh, my, my friend Jenny McCarthy thought it was hilarious. <laughs> well, my good friend Jim Carrey told me to t- uh, text it at you. Manchowson by proxy. That's okay. where you make children sick. Uh, that's where that kind of idea came from for the film. Yeah, it's really interesting. Let's rank his movies. Did you like that movie, first of all? I, I, like I said, as, as I You're left, I, I, I was... Oh yeah, I really, really, I, I really, really liked it. And you might be surprised where it's going to pop up on my list. Yeah, so I have a feeling... I have a, I have a hard physical list here, which I'm showing Levens for proof. I have a feeling my list might change because the, the, I've only seen a few of these quite recently. And I do... I, you know, obviously went back and watched a bunch of scenes on YouTube of some of the films and listened to some of their soundtracks in preparation for this. Yep. But I do know talking about it with you is going to make these shuffle around. Yeah, definitely. So this will be really fun. Um, I should get... Yeah, do we my, both do our, like, eights first, our sevens? Yeah. Cool. Um, a little disclaimer. I watched three PTA movies yesterday. Um, it was really brutal. Um, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, Jesus. They were, <laughs> Which ones as well? They were the master. Which is brutal. Um, I watched that first, and then I watched Inherent Vice. And I spent, instead of paying attention to the bizarre plot of Inherent Vice, I spent most of it just processing the master. Sure. Yeah, that's such a, like... Yeah, that's that, that, that's almost, like, not adequate time. You know how it's, like, you, you need to fast before an operation. It's yeah. like you needed almost that time to gestate the PTA film. But then I started watching a little bonus little bit. But did you know that um, he's directed a, a documentary? 2015 doco about a... Uh, musician, yeah, about a musician. Um, basically, Johnny Greenwood um, from Radiohead. He's turned him onto this guy. No, no, it's them recording an album together, right? Um, and, and, and the doco is called Junun. That's right. Um, and I watched a bit of that, and I was like, this is not going to help tomorrow's episode at all. So that's yeah. a little, little shout out. But my disclaimer is Full disclaimer: per- we're not doing Junun. My disclaimer is one of those films that I watched yesterday is one of the lowest um, on my list. Actually, wow. they're both quite low. Um, but and, I, and I'm. I'm Okay, let's start. Inherent Vice is at the bottom of my list. Sure. It's my least favorite PTA movie mm-hmm. um, because I think it it employs his character study kind of lens where he, mm. you know, he really takes his sweet time. It's a two and a half hour long movie. Mm. 
But Which is essentially a, a bumbling detective film. Exactly, and and so it, it's it's. And you're aware it's based one of the f- a few that's not based off. Right. It's, it's yes, based, based off, off a Thomas Pynchon novel, like who's kind of a detective novel. Stone detective novel, which you can tell. I think I would if this movie was like a hundred minutes, and they, and they cut a bunch of stuff or, or yep. compressed it a little bit. I think it'd be a much more enjoyable movie, but sure. because it, the plot is all over the place and the film really takes its time with it, it's at no point was I ever. Like, I, I just never—it never grabbed me at sure. any point, and I wasn't invested in the movie at all. There were so many scenes and performances in the it's movie. It's almost that like I a loved. series of vignettes. The film, isn't it? Like, there's amazing scene with him and Martin Sharp. Like, just serious scenes. It just Martin Short, yeah, Martin yeah, Short, yeah, yeah, totally, like yeah. just bizarre scenes. Again, an, an incredible cast. Um, incredible cast. Joaquin Phoenix. His Joaquin second, Phoenix is amazing. His second it. movie, um, collaborating with um, with PTA, um, playing a kind of like stoner. Playing Private kind of detective. like the most polar opposite character to the last character he played in a film. Where well, he's they're both like, kind of sex pests. Well, he was kind of like a weird animal. In, yeah, he was totally. almost like a wild animal. Like he reminds me of like well, he's Tarzan like, he's or something. like Yogi Bear in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like it's it's a very, very convoluted in, like plot that doesn't doesn't really take itself seriously at any point. So th- there was so much of it that I appreciated from like, oh, it's a really ballsy movie. And I think it's something that I would love to rewatch one day, but I don't think I will ever mm. be able to work myself up to yeah. watching it again. Well, it's not my it, last film. It's such a um, it, it's such a massive investment. Um, and what was hilarious is like while watching it, I was like <laughs> more like incoherent vice. And Very then good. I twi- then I looked at that on Twitter. Everyone wrote it. Yeah, to the point where there is a bot that retweets someone whenever someone yeah. says incoherent vice. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting thing and kind of a risky thing to do. It's kind of not a great character study, like. There will be blood, or the master, or you know, not as masterful as that. But it's also not a sprawling, satisfying plot. Yeah, look, it's I think sprawling, I, but I, it's not a satisfying definitely. ending. I, and I, I do get, I understand that that's the point, and that's kind of, it's not about the mystery, it's not about this, it's more about the a series of vignettes. Um, I saw it at a cinema. I was looking forward to seeing it. So my experience I, I is wish probably I did. I, I a wish, lot different. I, I, I really think that I would have fucked up my my. I, I shouldn't have watched both in the same day, basically. But we, I wanted to watch everything before that we recorded You're a today. You're classic Maya Rudolph thing. That's all she watches is PTA films. It's a rule. <laughs> she 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 came up with the rule too. It's not that's his. Why, that's why she named that's it after why, herself. That's why she's the number one Paul Thomas Fanderson. I can't believe she's not doing the pod with us. Um, but I loved some of the performances. Obviously, Joaquin Phoenix is great in the lead role as Doc. Doc. Um, and I love that he has his his well, office is within done a doctor well. surgery. Yeah, yeah, of like, course, yeah, it's great. So, so many he has an weird. afro at one point. Um, and the, so LA I, looks great in that movie. A lot too. That of the movie's comedy. like a love letter of um, Los Angeles and like Manhattan, Beach, like and Greater Los Angeles. I yeah. do, I do love that that era of Los Angeles. It's you know around Chinatown was set around that era. Yeah, just a real you know good I, good time. I loved um uh, what's his name Josh, uh, dude who is going to be Thanos and Cable. Josh Brolin. Oh, Josh Brolin's amazing. His character in it. in it is brilliant. He's a cop, right? Yeah, he's a dick. And I Moto Pancake. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> when he's in the Japanese restaurant. Yeah, he's hilarious in it. He's, Josh Brolin's he's so good. Brilliant. He's probably my favorite role. Yeah. Favorite, favorite role in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he is too. Because he plays the straightest character in the um in the movie. And they have to team basically be buddies in a way. Yeah, in totally. A sense. Yeah. But it's never like yeah, that there are moments. It's of never like, like I'm getting too old for this shit. I, I kind of like yeah, I was waiting for it to not get obviously as full as that, but it never feels yeah. the plot never came together in a satisfying way. Yeah. For me, upon first viewing, there were hints of like famous tropes yeah. from those types of films. Um, yeah, well, not my lowest one, though it is in that spectrum. Mine was Heart 8, just because I found it was 
very much baby Paul Thomas Anderson. It had so all the groundwork there. This first there. movie, he, did, he made it when he was 23 or 24. Yeah, and you can kind of tell, like, the dialogue's terrible. It's kind of like everyone's depressed. It's uh, very yeah. much a 23-year-old's movie. I, I love John C. Riley's performance in that. Um, and I think, like, I saw this years ago. Mm. Um, I own a DVD of it, which apparently which I found is out is, is worth heaps of money. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, And um, he, I didn't realize he went through development hell for this. It was, uh, gonna be, it was supposed to be called Sydney, named yep. after the lead character. Um, played amazingly by uh, uh, Philip Michael Hall. No, um, <laughs> Philip Michael Hall. No, yeah, this it, is a John three, Hughes joint. It's a three name, three name fucking. Um, uh, he's also in Magnolia. He's in Magnolia. And he's and in Boogie Nights. Hilariously, like out of the the cast, which he's includes in John C. Philip Riley, Baker Hall. Philip Baker Hall. Um, it was like quite old now. He's like in his late sixties. So. But he's the get. Like everyone was like that. That was what drew people to this movie because he, he got him doing he got Samuel L. Jackson. He got Gwyneth Paltrow. He got John C. Riley. But the get was is Philip. Philip. Uh, yeah. I mean, Philip it does. Paul. You know, it, it. You can see all of the makings of PTA. Like very deliberate shots. Very. O- OCD level cinematography and like yep. production design, but to me, I just I hated everybody in the movie. Right, I, I think I hated th- John C. Riley. I hated Gwyneth Paltrow. Like their characters, I just didn't I, feel. I, I liked Sydney a bit, but yeah. I needed more. To me, it was very much a, like it could have been a great short film. But well, it, it almost feels like a short film because the ending is so abrupt and in a, in a way that yeah, and like that, it's low on my it's it's my number number seven yeah, um just sure. just just a, just above inherent vice yeah, um just because I think I really enjoy when it does get going that movie is really really enjoyable yeah. and then it has a kind of shitty ending. There are great scenes in that film, great character. To me, it's like one of the later movies of his career where it's a bit character study. Yeah, but. Maybe the performances weren't on par to say a Daniel Day Lewis performance, but because he only had the budget of nothing. Well, actually, um, it was a three million dollar budget, and it's and it's his lowest performing movie. Only only did two hundred and twenty six thousand wow. dollars. Um, and the produce it's why he hates working with producers. They retitled it, did a ninety minute cut of the movie, right? So it must have been and much bastardized longer, yeah. it, and then he had to buy the rights back and show it the way he wanted it at Sundance. So. He has a lot of resentment towards, I think, that the entire film and that process. He didn't want credits at the start. They forced credits. There was a lot of... I mean, he was young. You can tell. But I do appreciate it for its... You know, John Bryan scores there before he started yep. working with him predominantly, like before Johnny Greenwood came around and cucked um, John Bryan <laughs> in this filmography. But yeah, number number eight for me. Still worth... like all, I've, got to, I've got to say, watch all of these movies. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. I, I think this is definitely the one to watch as an oddity of like, you know, what, what was he like at first? Yeah. But I, I, it's not a res dogs. I saw it when I was like in high school and I think I, I, all those movies that you see... That, it's that not point, a reservoir dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a... Oh, fuck. This was like... You, the writing was on the... For me, the writing was on the wall. It's still one of Tarantino's best films. Like, yeah. micro budget, but all, you, he, all that's done with that micro budget is incredible this is still like stilted you know, it feels limited yep. it's limited but it's a beautiful film it still looks great considering there's only like three settings maybe like just interiors of cars and hotel rooms and casinos um, it's beautiful to look at it's, it's early Paul Thomas Anderson yep and cool yeah alright well um, let's uh, move up to your so you know my, my number 8 was Inherent Vice my number 7 was Hard 8 mine was Magnolia no, whoa fuck that's I just, it, yeah. it's my least favourite I'd say really yeah I I get what I mean. It has some of the the best performances. I love Tom Cruise, incredible performance as a uh, womanizing uh, self help guru. I just find the movie somewhat like it's a bit too. It does a lot of things that, again, like a young person would do in a film. It does it like I, I don't know. I just find it sometimes a bit too clever for its own good, but it's not actually that clever. 
I find some of the stories you could get rid of in the movie would be a lot better. It's, yeah, I, 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 I've watched that movie so many times that I think I, that I have so many... Fa- like, I love, again, John C. Riley's my favourite in this movie the cop, too. right? As the cop, yeah, yeah the useless cop. Um, um, and I, but I also love... Um, it's a big father-son uh, uh, movie too. Philip Baker Hall's amazing in it too. And Tom Cruise's father, like um, their relationship's amazing. And um, oh, what's her name? Like Mal- he plays his Malona, dying dad, right? Malona Harris, the the girl who um, finds love with John C. Riley is brilliant. Um, I love the the the, the 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 two generations of kid geniuses. Yeah. Uh, on the Kid Genius Show, one of them is played by William H Macy, who's just I just like, like it's so just didn't tragic. Care for it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't care about anyone in it. Really, that's insane. And yeah, I th- right. I found it was such a step backwards after Boogie Nights. I found it was kind of. I'm not too sure how to describe it. I, 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 I'm really not too sure what it is about that. Like, I, do, I love certain scenes and some of the scenes are some of, uh, like, you know, like Tom Cruise's first self-help thing is, like, iconic and extremely quotable and what he turned Tom Cruise... Res- respect the cock, tame the cunt. Yeah. The, what, what do you... Because, I mean, as you know, I got that movie, tattooed on my back. First movie I ever heard the C-bomb dropped in. First time I've heard Tom Cruise say it, and the last. But again, you know, what he did with Tom Cruise is so... Indicative of what PTA does. I'm not sure what it is. It probably does deserve another shot for me. It is just. You've only seen it once? I've seen it like once or twice in the 90s. <coughs> it came out in 99, right? Yeah. I, I saw, saw it on DVD. My, uh, I was not allowed to see R movies at the time, um, but uh, a woman who directed a high school play I was in had a UK copy of the VHS of Magnolia Amazing. and it said MA on it. So I brought it home and my dad let me watch it, but he was like. He could appreciate what an incredible movie it was, but hated how many times they said cocksucker yeah, and all the drug words. use in it. And like, you know, everyone is so tragic and it is like, you know, it is... He has an, he the, had an it's, obsession it's, with those early films, I closest, think, of tragedy. Closest like, to being edgy of all of his movies. Like I everyone's think. tragic in Boogie Nights. Everyone's I, tragic in Heart A. I do find in his early films it was about the tragedy of people. Sure. Almost to the point where it was like tragedy porn. Mm. I'd say watching it again, you might have a different response. Maybe not, but I was just kind of like thinking back on it. I was like... 15 year old me thought it was amazing and like the most important film yeah, made look I last saw it maybe three years ago I've, yeah. s- I've seen that movie it's okay. probably on the list is probably the one I've seen the most wow um, and uh, yeah, yeah right yeah, I, I, yeah it's, it's quite uh, quite a di- lot higher I th- but I think a lot of the movies that I saw when I was younger maybe I have those rose coloured goggles on that I just can't I can't not because these are the movies that got me into movies yeah you know what I mean so um, I, I, well I think we're definitely going to both have the same number one um, just because I think, as a you know, as a PTA fan, it kind of just stands head and shoulders around. Like you know, it's the, uh, the easiest choice for me was number one. Really, and, and I don't know if it, we're going to have the same. Oh wow! Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, so my number six is well. Okay, this this is my first chain. When, when I wrote this list, I put Phantom Thread as number six. Yeah. Um, but I think I liked Phantom Thread more than The Master. Sure. So The Master is number six on sure. my list. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think The Master is a sensational film. Um, I think it is absolutely a, dist- a study of very, very again um, power, kind of like of, of yeah. Of, of, okay, so, so yeah, like kind of like it, Phantom Thread. That's another. Well, that's what I mean. So I think Phantom Thread does what the Masters try- sets out to do, as f- in terms of studying these like you know destructive uh, power play kind of characters. I think Phantom Thread does it in a more succinct way that I found also more maybe rewarding. not as succinct, but also I think succinct is great, but also like a weirder version of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a weirder, like you don't think of the power. In, you think of a power, when you think of cults and when you think of religion and praying, you uh, as in P-R-E-Y, a cult's a very easy thing to arrive at. Yeah. But a- I think you're right in the sense that um, Phantom Fred does it in such a unique way, like about high-end fashion and you don't ever consider the power involved with that. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. And Interesting. like, I think uh, Phantom Thread, even though it is such a simple movie, I, I remember so much more of the story of that movie 
than I do like the master I was just left with like oh my god those performances like you again you know, at the top you have Philip Seymour Hoffman act- acting against like this like who is like a, a cult leader akin to what's his name from um, Oh, he's L. Ron Hubbard. He's oh, basically exactly. L. Ron Hubbard. Um, a lot of it was also leftover um, character notes and script parts. Not script parts, but notes from um, There Will Be Blood. Right. Um, they're very, very similar uh, kind of tonal movies, yeah. for sure. Um, and then uh, opposite him is Joaquin Phoenix playing like an ex- a veteran drunk yeah, like w- somebody who's a lost bootleg cause. Bootleg alcohol maker. Just a lost cause. Um, somebody who would be perfect to be uh, swept up by the promises of a cult. Totally. But, you know, the, the, in the opening what do they call of it that again? movie, What's we, we see called? him explaining to get rid of, uh, how to get rid of crabs, yeah. and then we see him fuck a, a woman made of sand on the beach. Uh, uh, What's it called? It's called... Uh, I can't even remember. The cult. The, the ants. No, what? There were so many things to remember from that movie. Yeah. That the name was never... Well, mine's a lot higher. The master on my list is a lot higher. Yeah. Um, I, look, I, it's, it's an incredible movie, and definitely the first of, of, of the recent... I probably watch that again before I watch Phantom Thread again. Actually, no, no. I definitely like Phantom Thread more. I think I, that's, that, sure. that's where my heart is. Yeah. And, and it's settled. Well, my next film, again, uh, it's almost like we're doing catch up, which is good because we don't have to spend much time. My number six was Inherent Vice. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Just, you know, I think it's a great. Um, to me, it's his oddest film in such a long time. It almost seems like a movie that he would have made earlier in his career than, than later, in this later sort of. Um, yeah, definitely. Of films. Well, it's almost like this. Like, like it's almost like a refresher between. Uh, sorry, not a refresher, but it's like a breath of air between the master and Phantom Thread in terms of heaviness. And it's very comparative to um, the Big Lebowski. The very Carl Lebowski movie. vibes. Yeah. yeah, but also that kind of first half of Boogie Nights feeling where it's yep. fun and everything's cool and there's wow everyone's so colourful and happy but and there's, then a, there's antics there's wacky shit there's like, antics you know, like there's the, the, and, and him there's getting knocked out and like classic cliches like it almost has the, the humour of AR. the cops hiding from him and, and then like you know ambushing him yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and like the, uh, the the Chinese restaurant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, um, to parts of the movie remind me of like a more um, how would you call it like a more auteur take on tropes we've seen in Shane Black films. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. bit of kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah, a bit of sure. stuff like the that. The nice guys. Like, yeah, yeah. A bit like, I'm getting, I'm getting senses of that from it, but more under the, um, like, less of a coherent plot. Well, it just doesn't, and it does not care if you don't really doesn't care. follow the plot. It's all about scenes, and I can understand that would lose a lot of people. Yep, definitely. But I, I'd place it above Magnolia. I'd rather watch that again than Magnolia. That's so crazy. That, yeah, because Magnolia is, is pretty high up here. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the next up on uh, number is it five? We're up to five. Five is uh, is Phantom Thread. Sure. Which I just yeah, yeah. like it, it's 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 sticking with me. Maybe if yeah. I rewatch these ones that I just consider yeah. classics, maybe it will get even yeah. higher. Like, time I, is important. To this, like I said, these other what's amazing is these other movies. Some of them I haven't seen for over ten years, but I can remember them better than films I've watched uh, last well, year. Yeah, like I haven't seen three of these movies in in a long time, but I have mm. seen them so many times mm-hmm. that like you know they, they, they'll just. They well, are. my five's Phantom Thread as well. Okay, great. Yeah, right, yeah, cool. yeah. What a surprise. <laughs> so we're, we're smack bang in the middle there. Um, and I think that's a pretty high spot for a film that's just come out. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, I thought too. it was one of the most... It, it was like going to an expensive store and restaurant. Like, it was delectable to watch. The screenplay was amazing. The scenes were bizarre. Um, and going in blind, I think also... I, I, I went in somewhat blind to... Um, to Inherent Vice as well. Horny food movie too. Very horny. Food, food is yeah, so horny, horny in this yeah, movie. Definitely. Him ordering breakfast, like 
ordering an English breakfast has never gotten me so hot and heavy in a film. Just adding sausages. Just, but just like working out what a movie is about as you see it, mm. that, I think that, 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 that's, that's a crazy feeling. What's going great? Blank slating it, as some totally. would say. What's but. great is um, the trailer gave away nothing as well to me. Like it's just basically it could have been a black screen that just says the Paul Thomas Anderson new movie is out soon. And the, the trailer would have had the same effect. Amazing. I did not know it would go down the path of the path that shows. But brilliant to look at. Beautiful, gorgeous film. And just... I wanted to be in those scenes, not for the emotional labour happening. I guess we're 10 more minutes before you've got to go to work. It's no? fine. It's fine? Suck it. Let's make um, it 20. Uh, so my number four is Boogie Nights. I'm all about art, like Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm going to maybe go a little longer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boogie, same here. Uh, Boogie Nights number four. Cool. So we, we have oh my God, this is interesting. So look, Boogie Nights is what kind of put PTA on the map. Was it your first PTA film that you'd seen? No, I saw Magnolia first. Right, mine was Boogie Nights. I watched it. Now, did it come out 96 or 97? Um, came out 1998 in Australia, I think. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I watched it. It was the film I watched the night before I started my first day of uh, year eight. <laughs> my parents rented it out. My cousin was staying with us. who's was about t- uh, maybe eight years older than me. So I was like, oh no, he was in his 20s at the time. And they were my, they'd already seen it, all of them. And they rented it out. And they had no qualms with me watching it. And I remember being like, wow. I thought Pulp Fiction was hardcore. And I was like, 13? Yeah, it came out in 1998 in... No, I would have seen it in 99 then. It would have come out on home yeah, yeah. release. So I saw it as a 13-year-old. That's so funny. <laughs> and I loved it. But then it, I, uh, I, the first half, I was like, this is great. It's so fun. And, that, and then and it's, it's about porn. It takes Woo! a crazy yeah. turn. And it's like, you know, it is, the film is the, the birth and death of the golden age of the porn industry. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, you, we see porn at its heyday where, you know, porn is being made for theaters. Porn could be for anything. And it like, could be like, it's like the Wolf of Wall Street. You know what I mean? It's totally. like the business is this. It's just kind of this. And then, yeah. uh, and then obviously with the introduction of home video, the, the porn market suffers. Um, yeah, home video kills. Video kills the porn industry. People so used to go to theaters. Pee Herman would go. We see it through the eyes of porn stars, porn makers, yeah. um, and their families and their friends. It and, was the yeah. film that made Mark Wahlberg uh, transition from uh, white boy hip-hop man to white boy actor man. Yep. Um, it, this, this film's responsible for Entourage. <laughs> yeah, this film is, without this movie, we would have had Wahlbergers or Entourage, so thank you very much. Uh, still probably the most tolerable and best of his performances. Oh, it's inc- it's a brilliant performance. He's so perfect for the role. Yeah, like those later scenes when he is at the top of his game and in a recording studio with John C. Riley belting yep. out, you've got the touch. Um, just absolutely depressing, sad. I mean, it's almost a parody in a lot of ways, the film, isn't it? Like it's a parody of tropes that we see, of, that we've probably been used to seeing of like great actors and great musicians, but it's this like sort of underbelly of that being as it's the porn industry and so yeah yeah i mean you still get the award ceremonies you know him accepting all those awards for the dirk diggler films and yep. uh, yeah rock harders yeah um, totally I, I you know and i think it was i still think it's one of his most unfuckwithable films it's, well, it's such just, a it's such a brilliant journey of yeah. a movie i talk oh. about the cast julianne moore <laughs> burt reynolds don Cheadle, john c Riley, uh william h macy like so many tropes and Familiars who would eventually pop up in his other films all started here. Yeah, so you, know? you say Julianne Moore, you say um, John C. Riley, you say Philip Seymour Hoffman, Philip you say Seymour William Hoffman. H. Macy. I like their roles, all of their roles, more in Magnolia. Right. Yeah, so I'm not too sure. Some of them I do, some of them I don't. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I still think Boogie Nights is an incredible movie and one that I love re- revisiting because I always find something else to love about it or to be extremely saddened by. Yeah. Um, I love that, like, in, in, you know, there's some really fucking tragic, tragic moments f- towards the end, but it still ends on a high note or yeah. a long note if you catch my drift. Yes, it is a, a long film. It was, it was when he started, uh, you know, getting those real long boys out, you know? <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, Boogie Nights is, de- you know... It's, it's one it's, of the ones I'm ready to watch again, too, because it has been a very long time since I've watched it. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. Great um, soundtrack, too. Like, brilliant, brilliant soundtrack. Amazing soundtrack. And I say the same thing about my number three movie, which is Magnolia. Yeah. Um, and we have, that's the one thing I haven't mentioned in our discussions of Magnolia so far. Magnolia, best known as being, like, you know, his longest movie. It's yeah. a three-hour movie in which... Um, Frogs. Yeah, well, all basically, it's, it's, it's all, these, all these different storylines that we... N- Assume at some point they're going to cross paths. Yeah, all, and all over. LA. As is a, it's his most like I love Robert Altman films. Uh, yes, film. It's definitely. him doing and at, like. And at the time, I was an extremely big Robert Altman uh, wannabe this guy loved lover. Gosford Park. <laughs> I, man, I fucking love. Yeah, Gosford Park. Park's incredible. Yeah, I love Gosford Park. But like, like you it know, is like shortcuts and um, what's the Tim Robbins one where he kills the yeah. Uh, but shortcuts is, is it's I guess like almost like it's, the it's precursor same with Tarantino. To, early Tarantino was very I love Robert Altman. Yeah, like those grand. Stories where you're like they've got to link up somehow, and I don't think Magnolia is entirely like it's not even. I wouldn't even like it's it's not successful in tying all the stories together. No, uh, and, and the event that does is is, a, is but it, it, I would you remove some of the stories so they did tie? You think it, you'd leave it Look, as is? I, I just for, for this it was the first movie of it because I like you know I'd watched some Altman movies yeah uh, in the lead up to this I didn't understand them because I was fucking you know 13, 14, whatever. I saw this. This was the first movie. I, I was nothing like this that I'd ever seen. And, no, of course and I not. just like, I when you know, two thirds of the way from a movie, it just starts raining frogs. Yeah. And I, I was just like... You're getting weather reports and, throughout the film and, and, the, and you're kind of like, what's the point of and this? And then it cuts to the... Like, and you're like, what the hell? And everyone what? sings. And then the kid says, this is a thing that happens. And like, I just think like for... The magic of a movie this yeah. has it in spades. And and like, yeah, all the musical moments, the score by yeah. Amy Mann. It looks who, who gorgeous wrote, as well. Oh, it's it looks like brilliant. But the, the, the way they incorporate the, mu- the music in, you know, and one of the ways that they do tie in all the different storylines is they have all the different characters singing along to this Amy Mann song. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's beautiful fucking brilliant. Beautiful I I should really watch it again. Uh, the music is the, is the main thing that draws me to this movie and why I place it so high. It could on pop my, up further on my, on my list. list. The Amy Man, the Amy Man uh, like soundtrack is just yeah. it's one of those great soundtracks that What's I What's that it's big song? Much, uh, one is the loneliest number. Yeah, one's the loneliest number. Yeah. Um, but there's there's so many excellent songs. Save Me is yeah. brilliant. That's one that they all sing along to, I think. Yeah. Um, and the soundtrack is just a good one for me to listen to and it's I'm very nostalgic for it. Um, but yeah, I think like while like it doesn't. It's it's nowhere near as successful in its studies of of character as some of his later movies because it would study too many characters. It also it isn't as fun and plot driven as Boogie Nights or There Will Be Blood is. Um, I just think that this is a real father son movie, wasn't it? Like it, it, he he it, was obsessed with father son stories yeah. for so long. I mean, so many of his films are about a surrogate father and a son. Yeah, that totally. Is, I mean, that movie is... And the, the editing in it is so great. The yeah. first 10 minutes of that movie Cutting where you're between, introducing everyone, yeah, fuck, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so thrilling. And I'd never seen anything like that yeah. when I first saw it. And I'll always remember this as like one of the yeah. first incredible movies I, I ever I will definitely saw. watch it again. And yeah. it, could, it has potential to climb up further. But on yeah, no, it's interesting. A, a good friend of ours who will be on the show next week also placed it as the, on the, uh, to the boards at the bottom of his list. Really? Yeah, so we can talk when about it. When did they rank it? Uh, last. But he hasn't seen Heart 8. 
Was this They haven't ranked it on their show or? No no I, I asked him yeah, I told him yesterday What we were doing Oh um, I can't wait to see his list Our friend Alexi Tolliopoulos Will be, yeah, on, yeah, be yeah. on the show Next week to talk um, Black So we're going to move To number threes Yes wait, so Was that your number three That was my number three Make My number three is The Master Oh cool Okay yep. sure I think it was a gorgeous film I still remember Just being entranced By opening shot Of <laughs> him lying on the ship Right above water Sleeping yep. And so many shots From that film Have just come with me I thought it was A masterclass In like all aspects Like Cinematography using sev- sh- shooting on seventy mil. Um, oh, it's such a beautiful performances. Film. Yeah. The score, the, the shot of the water that we open up on yeah, is that's, so. Vivid. That's all I can think about. Yeah. Still, when I think of that movie, that scene has stuck with me so much. There are parts of the film that are pretty confronting. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is incredibly unlikable, but you root for him. You feel like he's being manipulated. Well, you um, just—I I, well, I don't know if you root for him. You root for something good to happen for yeah. those people. His life is disgusting. Him in the department store, no photographer. It's oh, just, I love that fucking just, scene where he starts throwing shit. It's so shit, great. Yeah, great. Um, when he's just fucking with that fat guy. It's so good. It's insane. Philip Seymour Hoffman's incredible in it. Like he was born one of his to, last performances. He too. was born to play that role. And then like, the rest of the cast, like it's like Amy it's Adams? ridiculous. Rami, it's Rami Malek from Rami um, Malek. Uh, from Mr. Robot. Yeah, um, I've uh, also Todd, like Todd Plement, Je- Jesse Plement, Jesse Plement, who played Todd on Breaking yeah. Bad, and uh, also Landry from Friday Night Lights. It's just um, I've always been so obs- like you know, Scientology is such an easy thing to be obsessed with because it's such a mystery and we yeah. think we know it all and it's just it was just to me a perfect culmination of so many interests and I think it was. Again, it was such a character study. There isn't a pl- A to B direct plot line in it. But for me, I just have to rank it up there at number three. I think it's just such an incredible looking film. It's Again, it, it does what it says on the box. He's the master. It's about this character study. It's that, 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 that relationship between him and Joaquin and they're and in the prison their, together. Their, their and final it, conversation in the movie too is yeah. just like it's devastating. Incredi- yeah. It's devastating. It's an insane film. And again, just an amazing display of... You can almost do like, you know how there's like the Vengeance Trilogy. You can almost do like the Power Trilogy. And I'd put that in here alongside with... Phantom um, Thread Phantom and There Will Thread, Be Blood. And There Will Be Blood. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a great, great... It's like the Power Trilogy. Definitely. Somebody who is got somebody's arm twisted behind their back. An and Inherent Vice is just this weirdo in the middle of those. Yeah. yeah. But it's just this weird Power Trilogy. But the people in power, this is so true, as despicable as they are, they're so magnetic. You can't stop watching them. Mm. And you're like, what you're doing is wrong, but I think you're fascinating. So I'd put uh, Masters number three for me. It was floating between two and three. Yeah, I, look, I, it's definitely one I need to watch again. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, I, I, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people that are angry that I, that I put Inherent Vice so low too. But I think no, I, I, I think, you know, these are our opinions. And if you don't like them, unsubscribe. <laughs> no, don't. No, I'm we joking. Need you. We need you. Um, this takes us to number two. Number two for me. Uh, is Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> okay, and we've got the same two Same two. I, I, I thought there'd be a few. Yeah, you and I have praised Punch Drunk Love a few times on this podcast. For me, it's the first movie that I ever had to take a stand for. So really? I saw it in year 12. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's I, when I, I saw I, it as well. I wagged school the day it came out and mm. I saw it at the Dendi at the Opera House. Right. When there was a Dendi at the Dendy Opera Kate House. Dendi still is. There is? Oh, yeah. sick. Dendi still there. I said that's where I saw Inherent Vice. Oh, sick. Awesome. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, cause I, I, for some reason, I thought that wasn't there no, anymore. No, it's still there. It totally is. It's yeah. popping. Um, and I saw it. It was the first movie I ever saw by myself. Yeah, right. Um, and I came back and I... I had like drama class the next day, and I was like, oh I watched my it God. for drama as well. And I went oh, because I, just watched I was because I wanted to. Well, see no, it. I went because I was making a film for my final project, and so I was going to as many films as possible. I had to travel up to Sydney to see it at Fox Studios. Yep, I remember and had the receipts, the ticket stub, and stuff, and be like, I saw this movie, and it's going to inspire my <laughs> film. It didn't. Um, but you know, this is the, this is basically PTA's rom com. 
uh, featuring Adam Sandler, who'd made a bunch of shitty rom-coms at that point. And uh, yeah. in- instead, this is him kind of doing that study of character. It's him doing a rom-com as much as Inherent Vice is him doing a detective film. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? And uh, I remember going back to the drama and I was like, fuck, I love that movie so much. And um, some girls that I did drama with were like, are you kidding me? It was just like every other Adam Sandler movie. What's the like, difference? Think of some and of those moments like, in the movie when he gets to why he calls, the phone box lights up, like... Just the music was beautiful and so well, weird. Like there's vignettes of just visuals. Well, in the so film I think this colors. is why I love Magnolia so much too. And like he doesn't really do it as much, but it's him showing off. Look at all these crazy things I can do in a movie. Yeah. And yeah, this one you have those. The production design's amazing too. Like his blue suit in the white supermarket, and just like it stands out so much. Like the yeah. character of Barry, and like again, you could slot this into the Power Trilogy almost as a, 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 a yeah, it's a good point. Film on the outside with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, being like the villain that phone call fucking and at hell. the end when he comes with the phone still tied around his yes. like, hand it's just like it's incredible um, yeah there's, there's so much excellent stuff and it is a comedy in parts yeah, like there is. are some brilliant moments the cast Louis again Guzman, is one excellent. of the early players of the Paul Thomas Anderson films incredible in yep, this definitely yeah really, I would really love great. to see him appear in a later film in like such an understated role which he very rarely gets yeah. now like yeah, he I, does I, he's, he's usually like larger than life yeah totally oh you want a Latino guy yeah, like exactly. I'm that guy he's so excellent in this and also yeah. the, um, who's the act, the comic, comedic actor that plays his sister is so good oh yeah she's amazing she's like she's on like Mr. Show and shit yeah like, yeah she's, yeah she's, great. she's such a bitch and you hate her yeah totally and he's just this guy who's rinsed for his entire life Barry is just so rinsed and it's Adam Sandler's best role without a doubt and I yeah I was the first time I I saw a, a love blossom on in a movie and wanting to be in a relationship because of what I saw the score is beautiful too and even though I know that like you know that, that, that there's problematic elements to their relationship from within you know Whatever They're violent They, they say yeah. horrible things To each other But I just like I, I really really Like that, that was the first Display of love on, on In a movie That I was like Wow I want to be in love It's a weird Strange ugly love But you want it to work And I, 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 I remember seeing that and I, I didn't see another movie By myself for years After that Because sure. I felt bummed yeah. After this like Beautiful Aww. movie About love ended I love that Yeah on, what a I film I was on my own Yeah Just <laughs> Shots of him with the harmonium. Oh, the music plays such a great yeah. role in this too. I think that's why I love, um, you know, and, and like, I think Johnny Greenwood does good good stuff, especially in There Will Be Blood, which we're obviously going to be talking about next. But I think his score is is good, but I much I think he's done much better stuff with music, in, specifically with Punch Drunk Love and Magnolia. Mm, interesting, interesting. Two very different. Like John Bryan's very much classic Hollywood, like. 40s Hollywood where you think of like beautiful lush string sounds and he but he also did all of Fiona Apple's albums yeah I think that's his wife right is it yeah maybe yeah sure but like those the production of those albums is amazing and late registration when Kanye got strings that's right he produced it's the only time Kanye like worked with another producer but is it John did John Ryan did the punch rock love score Mm -hmm. with all the like super neurotic snares and like almost like harmonium stuff Aphex twin warp records kind of bullshit going on yeah he did so great yeah that's it that's one of my favorite scores is it on iTunes I was looking right now literally I was like I'm gonna look now I have not listened to that in a long time yeah. Um, so that's, that's my number two. It, on, on another day, it could be number one. I like both number one and number two for very different reasons. Um, and obviously, our number one is There Will Be Blood. Yeah, uh, I mean, what, it, what hasn't been said about this film that's been said before? Greatest, it's his highest grossing. Yep, for those uh, wondering, Punch Drunk Love's score is on Apple Music and probably Spotify By John Bryan. There you go, John Bryan. Excellent. Um, fuck, there was a definitely... That, during that year, I, all I listened to was hip-hop and film scores. <laughs> it's so Like, great. really, really basic yes. uh, entry-level hip-hop, like Jurassic 5 and The Roots. The Dope-ass film scores. And then, like, yeah, like, yeah. like this. And um, the uh, Virgin Suicide soundtrack by Oh, I by used to Air. love that Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah Air I, st- I still play Playground Love, like, yeah, Playground I do early, early sets. It's one of the greatest songs. 
Mate. But see, um, there will be blood. It's 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 uh, PTAA's highest grossing movie. Is um, it really? Yeah, by by a long shot. Really? And it's often referred to as like you know our last great American movie. It's probably it's like when you think of films like again I'm going to reference Chinatown, all these. Um, like true new wave American cinema, like Goodfellas. Raging Bull, or you know, yeah. early. It, it's it's always it's it is reminds me of that new wave American film, but could not be made in the seventies or eighties. It has to have been made now. Like even like early Terrence Malick style filmmaking, early Terrence Malick. Um, it's just a, such an insane film. What a, what, a, what a film like I think it's for me It's my favourite story In any of his movies By a long shot and Based maybe off a I book called Oil Which was written in the 1920s I, 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 I didn't know that Yeah right Kind of like a character study Again it's Inspired by this book called Oil um, About you know How to I think it was about somebody Who got rich in oil I think it's non-fiction No it's a fiction, fictional story About an oil magnate But again Completely um, His own interpretation With the brothers The twins Just like weird yeah. storyline um, the score is incredible. It's but just for me, like the main thing I love about Daniel this movie, Lewis. Daniel Lewis, and for the moment he opens his mouth, you're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You're entranced by him. He's yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. There's no better word. Like I mean, yeah. like, you just you 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 buy what he's selling. You and, are and, hanging on and his every word, you know, and he oh, wants I'm to steal oil your man. oil. Yeah. I'm an oil man. This is my Cecilia milkshake, mate. Yeah, <laughs> this is my son, my business partner, DW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's my oh, child. God, it's the best. It's insanity. Yeah, and it's truly about an American story about a guy who's. You know, in Southern California, getting rich or foil. And who loses so much to gain so much. And like, the best ending to a Paul Thomas Anderson film. And an absolutely explosive in so many ways yeah. movie that is just, this like, ending, just like a spellbinding. It, it reminded me of the Phantom Thread ending in a sense. Yes. Especially with they both no, well, end on one ex- line. Yeah, I was expect like I knew I was expecting this is like yeah that was the the big thing with that fan thread was I was expecting a more explosive violent yeah. ending and we like I said earlier in the, in, the, in the episode we do kind of get that but, but it's a dialed back version uh, yeah dialed back so much absolutely um, it's still satisfying just a lot stranger whereas yeah. there will be blood is just like holy shit yeah like, can you believe the way that ended yeah, yeah. and just ends on it this just, yeah. amazing line I'm which finished I'm finished <laughs> it's so it's so insane. But I cannot wait to watch it again. Paul Dano is incredible in it. Just the visuals, the nighttime shots with the fire Ugh. and the oil. The action scenes in it are, are, are thrilling too. Yeah. Like you know, and, that, and, and, and PTA shies from those. Paula Tompkins. Of course, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Paul, it's the cast is amazing. <laughs> it looks there's, gorgeous. It's very funny. If you ever read or, yes. or listen to his his interaction, his, with, yeah, with, his day on set or something. Yeah, he's yeah. very, very Daniel funny. Daniel Day Lewis on set. Uh, I. It was hard. To think of another film that could be number one, but there was no other choice. Like I said, like for me, this is like when I, when I think about all the different elements that make up a PCA movie. This has and how do you describe it? It's about an oil man. Like I remember trying to describe it to somebody I wanted he, to watch. He, he tells you a hundred times throughout the movie, and I'm they're an oil like, man. "What's it about?" And you're like, "It's about a guy who's like big in the oil thing." And they're just like, "Ugh!" And you're like, "No, no, no, no!" Like, shut up and just respect cinema for one second. <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a beautiful, angry, insane movie. Yeah, and Daniel Daniel Day Lewis top of his game won every award that he was nominated for that year. Absolutely, like like you know, you would think that he was raised, even though his accent is a little bit off. Yeah, but, you, know, you feel like it's off on purpose. It's off on. Like, I mean, you know, early American accents did sound like that. There's totally old recordings of like Abe Lincoln, and they're like kind of. Are they on Apple there. Music? Uh, no, iTunes. You have to buy it. Yeah, sure. SoundCloud. It's a DJ mix, so it's like got all the legal samples in it. And Mixcloud. You've got to <laughs> Ken- find it. Kennedy does all the DJ drops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Abe exclusive. <laughs> You're about to get your head blown up by this mix. Too soon. Not um, soon enough. 
There will be blood. Yeah, I think that, that for me it's just that that's the that's the easy number one. And if you've made it through this entire episode without having seen any of those, yeah, um, have you got a great eight movie marathon lined up for you? Yeah, like none you, of these movies are bad movies at all. No, like, I, the, even the lowest movies are better than like such a huge I, chunk. Of, I really loved watching all of these. I would not recommend watching The Master and, and Inherent Vice in the same day. I wouldn't recommend watching either of them the same. Any of them maybe on the same day. I think Punch Drunk Love can be paired with any of these. Yeah, it is a nice little. And I've done Magnolia and Boogie Nights in the same day too. Um, hey, I've done Boogie Nights all night long. Ooh, baby. Um, so, those are our ranked movies. Yeah, did I'm you, glad do, we did this. Do you agree with us? Uh, do you disagree with us? I would us? love Letting to know. Send us your rankings. Seriously, yeah, even if you haven't watched all of them, rank them. Tell us your number one, and then work backwards from there. A few people on the uh, Planet Broadcasting Great Mates group on Facebook already have. Um, in a, what was Alexis? Um, well, I think we should, before we talk about Black Panther next week, we should have a little bit more PTA talk. Yeah, we'll talk our, to PTA. With our boy Alexia, and maybe we can go through a few lists that are I'll be doing a few on uh, PDAs on that podcast with uh, talking about PDA. I'm going to do a few PBs, personal bests. I'm going to be doing, doing bench well, presses doing the entire episode. Public displays of affection to oh, both wow. of you. Some Sick. PDA with the PTA. Awesome. The, the parental, Parent Teacher Association. Yeah, yeah. PSA. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to um, give a PSA about the PDAs while we're doing the PTA. So, Angus, you're going to see Black Panther tonight? In mere hours. I'm going to see it again this weekend at some point. Awesome. Um, and uh, I look forward to talking about that movie with you wait. and Alexi next I'm week. I'm so excited to talk about it. Alexi and I saw it together, hand in hand. Uh, PDA in PDA. PDA for the BPA. Uh, um, yeah, we had a PB for our PDAs. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it with you next week. I if can't you wait to talk about it with if, you. If you have thoughts of Black Panther, please share them with us. As plus, um, more importantly, your, your favorite PTA movies. Mm. Um, try and try and binge all the ones that you haven't seen before the next Do episode. It. We dare you. Um, no, we double dare you. Facebook.com/slash Heyfan Podcast is the easiest place to find us. But uh, we have a. Uh, a very, very cool page called, which you can find at patreon.com slash heyfam. We've just uh, we stuck just up a wacky new episode on our exclusive Patreon feed. I would get dare say it's the coolest thing we've done since we started the podcast. It's, it's a, the coolest thing I've done since starting an indie band, that's uh, for it's, sure. It's a radio show um, hosted by myself and Angus called Hey FM um, with full songs. Um, and it's us counting down, like we're just going through some of our favorite songs from last year. Um, it's some of the more fun kind of personal conversations we've ever had on the podcast because we're talking quite earnestly about music and our, our thoughts on it. And that, you know, being two people that work in the music industry, it's different kind of stories than we normally tell on the... On the uh, it's stuff we've on, kind of just pulled back on on HeyFam because yeah. it was, if we're talking about it on the regular th- podcast, I think we'd be doing it a disservice, like not going as far as we could. And you and I can talk for a long time. Yeah, like we talk for over 20 minutes about one Tyler, the creator song. I mean, not even <laughs> Tyler, the creator can do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's over at patreon.com slash heyfam. Only a couple bucks gives you access to all of the heyfam bonus episodes and there's a bunch of them on there but we're going to be doing a monthly radio show yeah. with music um, It's easy for us. Now. Yeah, so yeah, look forward to that. Um, you can find Angus online at Changus on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at levdog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G. On that's face- how you spell it. Facebook, Don't wear it out. Instagram and Twitter and that's all. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, I forgot. One thing, Angus. What's up, Phantom Threadheads? Enjoy your morning. Hey! Bam, 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 bam. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.